All right. We're back here at Bike Talk. It is August 22nd, Saturday. Uh, great to have you listening. We've got a new caller on the phone here, Reed Kempton, uh, from City of Scottsdale. He's with the Department of Transportation, the Trails and Bikeways Sidewalks Program. Uh, we're going to bring him on right now. Good morning, Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. It's good to have you with us today. Sure. Um, I was wondering if you could explain a little bit about what you do with the Department of Transportation in Scottsdale. I manage the trails, bikeways, and sidewalks program. Um, basically, I'm responsible for making sure that uh, through all of our construction projects and design projects that we're integrating bicycle lanes on our streets, um, we're building new paths, we also build unpaved trails. We Terminology, we basically call our paths our paved facilities, and our trails are unpaved. Um, and the transportation department is responsible for all of our unpaved trails outside of our preserve. We have another group that works just on the preserve trails. So what's happening with cycling in, in Scottsdale? Well, basically we're trying to build more facilities, make it easier for people to get around, um, complete some of the gaps that have been in place. We've been pretty aggressive in the past, oh, especially in the past five years since I've been there, about adding bike lanes. We require bike lanes in all of our construction projects on our arterial and collector streets. Um, we have That's a, pretty awesome. That's actually a, a really big thing that you're requiring, bike lanes on all of your new collector streets. Oh, it is. And, and since we're rebuilding a lot of our streets, that's how we're getting bike lanes. Plus, we're also restriping the streets. Every time we do a, a maintenance uh, treatment where we're actually removing the lines, we're going out and measuring all of those streets and we're reducing travel lane width in some cases and uh, making room for the bike lanes. A couple questions here for you, Reed. Where sure. is Scottsdale? Scottsdale is located in the metropolitan Phoenix area. Okay. We're on the east side of Phoenix. We're along if you, if you look at the map, we're a long, skinny city. We're in some places only two miles wide, in other places about eight miles wide, mm-hmm. and we're a little over 30 miles north to south. How many people live in Scottsdale? Uh, about 230,000. Okay. And do you guys have any real estimate on how many cyclists that you have riding through there? You know, we don't do any actual counts. The tr- uh, We have a trip reduction program through the county that every employer with more than 50 employees has to report to mm-hmm. and we estimate that we're in that that you know two to four percent range that's pretty good um but we'd always love to see it be higher so <laughs> i think it's great that you guys are are working with the city to actually get things changed there in scottsdale well i am with the city yeah and <laughs> well that's even better how many people do you guys have in in your uh, bike program right now there's two of us uh-huh um i before I worked for the city of Scottsdale, I, you know, I was with Maricopa County. I also helped form the Coalition of Arizona Bicyclists. So I'm an advocate that, that is working for the city, and we also have advocates on our city council and on our transportation commission. So we've truly integrated bicycling. That's fantastic. Uh, any, do you guys have anything in the future, any programs, anything coming up that you'd like to promote? Oh, uh, you know, not really, um, because we don't do events. Yeah. Um, I, although I was listening to your earlier caller, we have an event that we do once a year. I just said we didn't do events. We do one event called Cycle the Arts, 
which is a bicycle ride of public art installations in and around the downtown Scottsdale area. That's awesome. When does that happen? Uh, That's usually in April. Okay. Um, Is there... There are any groups in Scottsdale, if I'm listening, is, are there any groups or any places that I can go where I can join an advocacy program or help out, volunteer with you guys? Uh, I would look into the Coalition of Arizona Bicyclists. Uh-huh. Um, they're a statewide bicycle advocacy group. Uh, again, I was one of their founding members uh, a number of years ago, and I work very closely with them. Um, Arizona Bicycle Club is uh, both an advocacy and a ride organization. Uh, but if you're just interested in advocacy, I would look to the Coalition of Arizona Bicyclists. The Coalition of Coalition of Arizona Bicyclists. Right. Okay. And is there any place that we can go to get in touch with you? Let's say we find a pothole or we, <laughs> there's uh, there's been a sinkhole and we need to repaint the bike lane or get it patched up? Sure. Um, if you go to www.scottsdaleaz, that's S-C-O-T-T-S-D-A-L-E-A-Z dot G-O-V. Um, if you want to get directly to me, click on the transportation link. If you just want to report a problem, we have a report a problem link right on our, our main homepage. Okay. Uh, so it's really easy. Um, you know, we don't really have too much of an issue with sinkholes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, flash floods? Uh, flash floods can be an issue. Um <laughs> Especially, you know, this time of year when we have pretty heavy rains. We get about seven inches of rain a year, and we'll typically get a couple of inches of that in one storm. So awesome. um, our main pathway system in the Indian Bend Wash floods. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, if there's water running in the wash, um, our path is closed. But for the most part, we have bike lanes on the streets running parallel to it. So you, we really try to build options here. Um, I'm a commuter cyclist. I've been a commuter cyclist since, I think, 71. Um, I prefer to ride on the street, but a lot of people prefer to ride on our path systems. And you can take our path system right into our downtown. So are you seeing a big increase in the number of commuter cyclists there in Scottsdale? Not a big increase. I, I think we're gradually seeing an increase as we get more and more facilities connected. Right. Um we didn't have the big jump last year when the gas prices went up because it went up at the time that our temperatures were about 110. Oh, yeah. Um, so that has a tendency to, to moderate new cyclists. Right. I mean, it doesn't affect cyclists like me who ride all the time, but, but if you're brand new to cycling, you know, when you look in the thermometer, it's going to be 113, and you go, eh, maybe tomorrow. Um, but I think, yeah, overall, we are seeing an increase. And, and, again, you know, we're building bike lanes on Indian School right now, which is going to bring – it's a main east-west arterial street. It runs right through our downtown. So we're really trying to make it easier for people to get around. Well, Reed, I appreciate you calling in today. It's been a pleasure talking with you. I wish you the best in Scottsdale. Our, uh, our studio just got inundated with a uh, flood of folks who are – Twittering and texting away here, so uh, so there's a lot of activity. I've got a gonna have to let you go, but okay. I would love to hear about what happens with Scottsdale in the future, and we hope that you can keep us posted. Give me a call anytime. Thank you so much, Reed. You bet, sir. Bye. I'll talk to you soon. On that note, we are back here in the studio. We have Jeff Miller with the Alliance for Biking and Walking. We have Mikey Wally, the local local blogger. We've got folks from Spain, from Tokyo, uh, Jackie Phelan, the Phenomenal 
mountain bike rider who organized the Women's Mountain Bike and Tea Society, and I believe also in the Mountain Bike Hall of Fame. Is that right? Yep. Oh, well, I, I, I can't believe I can't believe it here. So let let's start out. I I think everyone's here to help promote the Bicycle Film Festival, and I'm going to start here with with Jeff Miller. Jeff. Alliance for Biking and Walking. Is that is that correct? Is that what's going on here? Yeah. So, well, Alliance for Biking and Walking is the national coalition. It's a North American coalition of all the state and local bicycle and pedestrian coalitions. So, the the, the coalition of Arizona bicyclists that, that your uh, uh, recent guest was just talking about is a member organization of the Alliance. We're we're the grassroots organizations across North America working to make communities better places to bike and walk. And and so all these folks here were riding cross country on the 42 ride, and and uh, part of their uh, mission was to help benefit the Alliance and the work we're doing on the grassroots level. And, and uh, they've just done a phenomenal job. Um, we're just really grateful for their support. And, and, and yeah, you know, promoting, promoting uh, obviously, uh, 42 Below, uh, promoting uh, the Bicycle Film Festival, promoting the Alliance, and, uh, and having a heck of a good time along the way, it seems. So um, I, I just, I'll, I'll tell you just very quickly... This morning, uh, coming out of the hotel, I got in the wee hours, and you know these guys have been on their bikes pretty much for the last 55 days. And uh, there's a group of 10 of them going out for a ride this morning because we're not, not, you know, we only have a 14 mile ride into the to the very end of the ride tonight, and uh, they're going out for a ride. You know, That's it's like awesome. they could take a day yep. off, and there they are riding. So pretty impressive. Well, Jeff, I want to talk to you about the Alliance for Biking sure. and Walking. I know you got a lot of press last year. You gave away about $175,000 in grants. Is that right? Uh, this spring we gave 125000 away. We're going to be giving another 100000 away. Um, uh, we, we actually are giving – it's going to be a total of close to $300,000 this year. Um, we've been funded uh, in part by 42 Below, by SRAM, Bikes Belong, and Planet Bike. And so we're giving grants to help start up organizations in states and cities where we don't have a voice for bicycling and walking. Uh, and we're also giving grants to help uh, with innovative projects uh, among some of the existing organizations around the country. Now, some of the organizations that you support, like I, I know that you do work with WABA, Washington Area Bicyclists yep. Association. You guys are based in Washington, D.C. Yep. And uh, I'm wondering, do you guys get money, any money from the government? We we have a uh, relatively small contract with the Centers for Disease Control on a benchmarking report that basically measures uh, what federal dollars there are being spent on biking and walking, on uh, what the numbers of bicyclists and walkers are, what the crash rates. Uh, there there hasn't been any really good collective data on bicycling and walking. So that's something we hear from all of our advocacy uh, leaders around the country is we need data to be able to make the arguments. So, so the alliance uh, led that charge starting in 2004. We pulled all that together. We published our first benchmarking report in 2007. We have another one that's going to be due out in about uh, five or six months. That's awesome. How yeah. about what about safe routes to school? Any of those things? Do you guys work hand in hand with any of the other Absolutely. programs? Absolutely. We, we work very close partnership with all the national organizations. Whether it's League of American Bicyclists, Rails to Trails, uh, we're part of the board of America Bikes, which is the national movement to get the transportation bill to have major funding for biking and walking. Uh, I actually just uh, flew down last night from Portland, where I've been at the uh, Safe Routes to School um, National Conference. Sorry, yeah, for Safe Routes to School, uh, we had about 535 uh, folks from all over the country. There is phenomenal. And That's a awesome. lot of our local organizations are leading the charge on that. That's fantastic. And actually, Safe Routes to School is a classic example of what the Alliance is really about. A lot, a lot of bicycling, you know, ultimately happens at the local level. The, the Alliance, you know, is a national coalition, but really our work is to help support the local organizations. 
And that's part of the purpose of these advocacy advance grants uh, that we're doing to help support innovative ideas is Safe Routes to School is a classic example. Started in Marin County with the Marin County Bicycle Coalition and uh, has now swept the nation and become, you know, quite quite a great movement. Complete streets are another thing. These are all these are all great ideas that are incubated at the local level and, and through the hard work, you know, the, the blood, sweat, and tears of these advocates uh, really uh, make a huge difference in, their, difference in their communities. Now, I'm listening from Portsmouth, Virginia. I'm starting... Uh I'm starting a local coalition in po- Portsmouth, Virginia. I want to figure out what I can do to get on the map. How do I get yeah. in touch with you guys? Well, the first thing, so our, our website, which is a fantastic resource for advocates, uh, no matter what, what level you're working at, uh, that's at peoplepoweredmovement.org. And so, first of all, what you could do there, like, you know, if you did want to go to Arizona and get plugged in to find out uh, about stuff, or you're in Virginia, you're anywhere in the country, go to peoplepoweredmovement.org. You click on our members button, and it comes up with a list of the entire North American continent. You click onto that state or province, and up comes a list of the existing organizations there are. So you could find out, for example, in Virginia, oh, there's WABA, the Washington Area Bicyclist Association. There's Bike Walk Virginia. Uh, there's the Virginia Bicycle Federation. Who's doing what? How do they partner together? Which are ones that are aligned with your particular interests? You know, we, we always encourage people to plug in with existing organizations where they, they do exist. But in the instances of, say, Tennessee or South Dakota or Nevada where there isn't a, a voice for bicyclists, then we work with them to help create an organization. I was just in Tennessee the beginning of this month holding the uh, – basically uh, moderating, facilitating the founders' meeting for Bike Walk Tennessee. We had 23 uh, cyclists uh, primarily, uh, also a few pedestrian advocates literally from tip to tip of uh, Tennessee, and uh, they've already incorporated. They're on their way. They're doing some great work. And um, so, so the, the Alliance really is a resource no matter what, what area, you know, whether you're in the very beginning stages of forming an organization or you're already rocking and you want to share, you know, good examples of your innovation or best practices with other advocates around the country. That's fantastic. And once again, you are supported mostly by bicycle companies. Yeah, about 85% of our funding comes from the bike industry. We're really looking to expand that because obviously we're also into pedestrian stuff. And so that's, you know, an example here where 42 below support is fantastic. You know, the the more that we can mainstream bicycling, we don't want to just be this little bike club. We really want to get this to be a, a culture changer. And, and so I think one of the things that's been very exciting to me and where we were really happy to partner with 42 Below is, you know, just hitting a whole new market. And, and um, that's right. just fantastic. Well, speaking of that, I'd like to go ahead and switch the mic over here to yeah. Mikey Wally. Mike, we're going to talk about how successful this, uh, this venture has been. Ha- have you guys gotten a lot of press? You guys have just come, finished coming across country. And uh, would you care to introduce yourself here? Uh, Mikey Wally, uh, I live and work in Los Angeles. So, Mikey, you, you brought a ton of people in here with you today. What, <laughs> what are we looking at here? Can you, can you maybe give us a brief description of, of who we have here? Uh, we've got Jackie Phelan, uh, mountain bike legend, Hall of Famer, Wombat, T-Society. Uh, <laughs> Leisure consultant. Leisure <laughs> consultant. <laughs> Iron crotch. <laughs> and uh okay so that's on your right on your left i'm, I'm looking at five more people we got we got joe uh he's from paris england and spain, spain. original spain originally right and uh producer of bff paris epic polo player messenger <laughs> is that it that's about it yeah cool I don't even know this guy. <laughs> he, was, he wasn't on my route. Uh, 
Uh, Matt Grant, I was on the Southern Route. I'm the only Southern Router here on the tour. Um, from Seattle, love biking. Super <laughs> humble. <laughs> okay, before and Georgie, Georgie, Georgie's from Tokyo. Uh, Georgie, I'll, I'll hand you the mic in just a second here, and I want to come back to you too, Joe. But Mike, I'll, Mikey, I want to talk to you a little bit about this. What happened? There were two tours. What's going on with this? Yeah, so uh, the premise is 42 below, and you have 42 riders. And then they had a, a north and a south route, <clears throat> 21 riders on each ride. Now, this route started in New York. Mm-hmm. You guys were following the Bicycle Film Festival, mm-hmm. uh, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Was it, was it successful? What was the turnout like? Did you get, did you get a lot of press or any? Um, it's, it, it, I, it, like, if you're measuring success based on uh, how many people came to our events, uh, I don't know if it's that successful. But uh, if you measure success in, like, uh, I mean, how much fun we ha- how much fun we had, and uh, how amazing the experience was, and uh, uh, just seeing different uh, bicycle cultures in different cities, and how everybody does their thing, and meeting new people, and uh, just being on the road and seeing the country is is absolutely amazing. So now, I, a lot of times, I find that like the best kind of promotion is person to person. Then they're going to go and tell ten of their friends. So. Like, uh, did you guys meet a lot of people along your ride? Oh, every single day. Yeah. Absolutely every single day. You'd stop and eat pie and have coffee or get lost in a corn maze or, uh, you know, go to the beach or go to a local bike shop. And uh, people would trade jerseys and just uh, people would always ask us what we're doing. And it, it was nice to have a, a wide spectrum of people. It wasn't just uh, cyclists talking to cyclists, but just the fact that you have a bunch of you know, strange-looking people with funny tan lines walking into a grocery store. Right. You get a lot of just, what are you guys doing? Right. And you, know, you, you tell them you're riding your bike, and then they freak out for a second, and then it's cool. So <laughs> you guys did a southern route, I take it. We did the north, and and Matt, and, and, and Matt did yeah. the south. Okay, what was the northern route? Did you guys follow the Adventure Cycling Association route, or did you make your own? No. Uh, oh, I'm, oh, Jackie, it looks like you got something to say here. <laughs> <laughs> Some intern at some agency created a list from Google Maps, and we <laughs> followed the uh, freeways until some folks woke up and had it be um, like use iPods and try to find safer routes. Yeah. It was a hash, but uh, we managed to make it work. Yeah, it just uh, the, the planning was puzzling. <laughs> yeah. So, so how many days were you out there on the road? Sixty. Sixty. Fifty. Fifty-three. Fifty-four. No. 54? 58? Yeah, come on, you guys. We were out for two months. Okay. We managed to snake a couple of free days here, you know, and there. If you got sick, you could take a rest. Oh, yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, it's been the, I think that the huge payoff has been the uh, interpersonal friendships and some great ideas to do a better job next year in case Daggernaut and um, Javelin, who are the ad agency and PR firm in charge of creating this um, concept ride. Yeah. If they want to. Like make it better next. They year. want to make it better. Okay, that's fantastic. Um, so, let's talk a little bit about some of the cities that you went through that on the northern route. Did you do any Kansas any? Kansas City, Missouri is incredible. I had Reno. no idea how yeah. cool Kansas City is. It's a big art town. It's a big bike town. Word KC. Acme Bike Works is uh, the hub of all that activity, and it turns out I've been pen pals with Sarah Gibson for 20 years and didn't even realize I was going to get to meet her by accident. It was awesome. That's fantastic. Provo, Utah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. I'm, from, I'm here from Joe. So, Okay, Matt. Yep. 
north northern route. Southern, southern route. I'm gonna screw them all. I'm screwing them all up here. But Matt from Seattle, he did the southern route. Yeah, uh, we had a fantastic time. We went south to after we split up with these guys in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. We went south to Atlanta, across uh, up to Oklahoma City, then down to San Antonio, El Paso through New Mexico, San Diego, and then up to L.A. That's the basic route. Um, we had about the same experience, like. Just the interpersonal experiences were awesome, like meeting people and bike shops and just going, just riding with people. It was just, it was a tremendous experience. Any standout cities that you'd like to talk about? Uh, for me, I think we all agreed that Little Rock, Arkansas was an awesome city. Really? Um, Tucson treated us amazing. Yeah. Uh, really, like what we saw in our events was this cumulative growth, like, down the East Coast, they were so-so. When we hit Texas, we had some reps there that were just amazing. And so our our events in Texas, like down the, the whole tour to Texas that we had on this other route, right. two and a half weeks in that enormous it's a and long, mean it's a big state, state. Yes. was um, we had a great time. When we hit Tucson, we had an amazing time and just... It just kind of snowballed for us. So, so did either of your groups have anybody that just came on along for the ride, or we had, yeah, we had. Um, well, we met this guy in Reno, uh, Joe. Uh, I suppose he's not listening, but um, he basically we just went to this uh, coffee shop called the Hub, and it was just a really cool place, um, uh, like bicycle-oriented kind of thing. And he just hung out with us for a while, and then he ended up coming along with us for the next to the right but unfortunately his bike uh broke like the second day oh, so he man. couldn't ride so he had to to be in the van and <laughs> <laughs> he went home the last day yeah and there was also becca who's uh friends with one of the girls on our group um she did uh bike and build last year i think um yeah. which is another ride and she came along as well with us for the rest of the ride for like the last, the last week yeah from yeah. california yeah so uh, let's go to let's go to Tokyo. Tokyo. Wow, Tokyo. Hi, Tokyo. <laughs> Live from Tokyo. This uh, your name again is uh, Georgie. Georgie from yeah. Tokyo. Georgie from Tokyo. Hi. <laughs> um, so which which route did you do? You did the northern route as well. Northern route. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a good time? Awesome. Yeah. Dude, this this is my first U.S. Everything is really huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hamburger. Big, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Juice, big, <laughs> grand. Holy shit! Everything I can see, everything yeah. just sand. Yeah. <laughs> people, desert. Oh, no people in Nevada, 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 yeah. Nevada. <laughs> Nevada. <laughs> Nevada. Yeah, no people, no hu- no animal, no house. I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, eighty mile. Right, we can reach uh, some town, Eureka, or not, what was that? Austin, Eureka, Austin, yeah. to small town. <laughs> yeah. Like just ghost town. Yeah. But really, people, it's so nice. And Bud is so nice. Good beer, I have. <laughs> I have yeah. <laughs> no, 42 bill vodka. <laughs> 42 below vodka. Speaking of that, we've got Adrian in the house here from New Zealand. Adrian, would you care to tell us a, a little bit about 42 below's part in this? G'day. Well, kia ora is what we say in New Zealand. Um, 
the All Blacks played last night and they did a fantastic job against the uh, Australian Wallabies in the rugby, which you guys probably know nothing about, but well done, All Blacks. Yeah. So 42 below, as we know, it's a vodka from New Zealand, yep. which is a beautiful little city just across the Pacific. It's just a little flight. It's about 12 hours. You could probably ride it on a boat somehow. It'll probably take you 60 days. So maybe we do that next year. We're going to get a, a fertiller of, uh, of ferries and we'll just line them up one after the other all the way down to New Zealand. That'd be a bloody great idea. Why not? The support boat. So 40 to below, delicious vodka from New Zealand. We were so happy to be involved in such a ride. Uh, I've heard some, some feedback from some of the riders. I was in San Diego. It's been tough. Yeah. You know, we kind of threw this together. We're like, we want to be involved with something fun. We want to do something cool. Uh, how do we make this work? And uh, Javelin have been fantastic. But we've, we've had a few little kinks throughout the route, and uh, I think we're going to really fix it up, up next year. Awesome. So next year, I'm pretty sure this is going to happen. Okay. So if you've got, you got some listeners out there keen, you know, we're, we're going to put that, uh, that request out early on and see what we can find. Well, it sounds like it's been amazing this year. You guys have, in, in support of this, you guys have also been doing gold sprints across yep. the country. Would you care to tell us a little bit about that program? Yeah, we've, we've run gold sprints across, it uh, feels like, shit, 40 markets across, across the nation. Uh, yep. And just to bring a bit, of a, a bit of activity to the bars that people haven't seen before and get people on bikes, racing, seeing how fun it can be. You know, a lot of, a lot of people kind of throw bikes away after, after their childhood, but it's a, one of the best ways to get around. So putting this into bars, getting people interacting shows that it's a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, the way I had it described, instead of going to a bar and riding a bull, go to a bar and, and beat your buddy Absolutely. on a bicycle. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So. And you know, riding is just so Kiwi as well. You know, New Zealanders love to ride bikes. New Zealand's one of the you know, most beautiful places to ride bikes. I've been fortunate I rode, rode bikes all the time. Um, it's, it's a great association. The freedom of spirit, the, the, the purity of, of riding and just letting your muscles and your body do all the work for you. No gas guzzling, just powering down some water and some Gatorade. And so locally, I know that I know that 42 Below is going to sponsor uh, Gold Sprint Series locally. Uh, mm-hmm. Do we have, we have any place that we can find out about that? Um, kind of. <laughs> okay. Um, I think we're going to try and u- utilize some blogs in LA to, to blog out where the gold sprint's going to happen. Uh, if you want to rock up today at Orange 20, we're going to yeah. be gold sprinting there from 6 to 8. We're going to be going crazy. That sounds fantastic. I do know if you're the Bicycle Film Festival, we're, we're planning on bringing some gold sprints out there to the uh, after party on Friday, which is going to be at Charlie O's. I think it's the corner of 5th and Spring. I like so, it. Yeah. So it should be should be fun. It's going to be the start. If you own a bar, you're interested in hosting a gold sprint event at the bar, uh, get in touch with us at Orange 20 Bikes. Uh, just ask for Jim C, and we'll be able to hook you up, I think. Sounds sweet. So, uh, Adrian, it, thanks a lot for 42 Below's involvement in this. What is going on today? Do you, do you know what's happening? I think we're going to go a little crazy. Uh, <laughs> At Orange 20, we have a, a welcome party or the final party for these riders. You know, these guys deserve like a bottle of vodka just poured over them and rubbed and massaged into them. <laughs> you know, vodka has this ability to, you know, cleanse the mind, body and soul. You know, it's such a pure spirit, especially with, with water from New Zealand. So if there's any uh, masseuses out there want to uh, try something new, bring it on. Come However, on by. Let, let's, let's get real here. Uh, we're doing a party for these guys, 6 to 8 at Orange 20. Melrose yeah. Ave. Melrose, and it's at the corner of Melrose and Heliotrope. It's uh, one one light west of Vermont, 4351 Melrose. Yeah, we've got some so. great 42 below cocktails coming out. Uh, we've got gold sprints. 
we're going to throw on some fun tunes and, and just really celebrate uh, what these guys have done. Sounds fantastic. Um, okay, I'd like to uh, bring it back to to Jackie Phelan here, real quick. Oh, oh, okay. I'm 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 just found out here that Georgie's girlfriend's in the house too. She, she's very pretty. Yes, she is. Did you did you do the ride as well? Today, she, she did the ride today. Yeah, so, um, did, came came along the last fourteen miles, Jackie. I'm going to bring this over to you now. I've got a I've got a flyer here for the attack of the killer bats. Uh, That's a little postcard, a spoof of the attack of the killer tomatoes and all the wombats. These pudgy green things are um, crushing the traffic. <laughs> it's a fantasy I've always had that bikes would someday prevail, kind of like. Um, the way certain animals that have last, lasted forever and ever uh, will outlast everything else technological, and bikes really are the um, the ultimate. Uh, no, I don't think of them as cockroaches, but they're like <laughs> bikes were the ultimate technology 150 years ago. People uh, hated them. P- p- piano makers, hat makers, Sunday, uh, you know, like preachers. Everybody was down on the bike because it was taking away their business. But it was the beginning of the whole mass marketing thing in the 1880s. And if we, if we could only imagine how bikes, how huge they were, and get them back to being that huge, and also figure out how to get the bike industry to want women as much as they did back in 1880. Uh, because back then they had to d- dissolve Victorian resistance to um, gender roles in order to get women on bikes. And so that meant taking out ads in, in Pulp Fiction magazines that were just beginning right. so they could double their market. Uh, Nowadays, women are begging the industry to take them seriously. It's a hilarious reversal. Reversal of roles. So anyway, that's where Wombat sort of came from. Is like take back this uh, original liberating machine that set us free. We got the vote with it. We got rid of the stupid clothing with it. You know, got Bi- out of the laundry room. really did a lot for, yeah. for women's liberation. And public health in general. I mean, yeah. I think when mom's happy, the whole family's happy. <laughs> so you get her on a bike. Tell the Susan B. Anthony quote. Right. Uh, Susan B. Anthony, I think, said that she, she's never seen any, anything more. Um, like the picture of untrammeled feminine beauty is a woman on a bicycle. I'm sorry I'm going to hatchet it. but uh, no, I just remember the, the, the comment being that the bicycle is the most important tool in the right. women's liberation movement right. and, you know, and, and, and getting women to vote. And, and, and as you said, you know, the bloomers were the start of women being able to wear things right. other than dresses. What I'd like to know is how do we can uh, cause the car culture to die an ugly death? Um, <laughs> because I'm really mo- more interested in dismantling the myth that a car is your identity and uh, how can you do that when we are a wholly owned subsidiary of General Murders? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, Our country I, is just on sale. So well, we, what we have to know, do is we have to. It. We've got to. We've got to get a better lobbyer than they have. So uh, we need to pull I our money. That art, we need to lobby. I think our, that art is uh, more subversive at cheaper cost than any of the advertising and the lobbying that um, that General Murders and Dow Chemical all do. You know. Yeah. But I unfortunately don't have the horsepower because I'm a kind of a wimp. In terms of ability to organize? I'm going to interject, if I could, real quick, and just say, you know, on the positive side, bicycling is is all things good. You know, we're we're facing a health epidemic in our country where where nearly 70% of the U.S. population is sedentary. You know, we're we're looking at the first generation of kids who aren't going to live as long as their parents. It's like a a change in human evolution. Right, but that's success for business. Don't you understand? No, no, no. no, But but bicycling, it's it's, it's about health. It's about fun and freedom. It's, you know, it's it's the way we're going to save the environment. I mean, everything, there's so many great ways that 
people plug into cycling, and I think that's that's one of the great things about the movement. And and so you know, even though we're a pretty small lobby compared to GM or any of these other guys, you know, the, we're all united under America Bikes. We're we're totally kicking butt. I mean, Safe Routes to School didn't even exist except for in Marin County ten years ago. Now it's a six hundred and fifty million dollar project, and we're going after six billion dollars in the next uh, transportation bill. Right. Uh, we've seen communities transform. You know, I just came from Portland, where now bicycling is 10% of the mode share, and they're not anywhere near satisfied. They're, they're going after, like, concentrating development in European-style designs in the Northeast Quadrant, where they're looking for 35% mode share. And so when you think about where we've come just in the last 5, 10 years, it's very, very hopeful. And getting people engaged in the movement is awesome, and it's all about, you know, getting plugged in with your local organization. You know, Los Angeles County Bike Coalition, Cycle. Go to the Alliance's website at peoplepowermovement.org and find who your local organization is. Get into it. Make it happen because, you know, that it, it's that's really how we're going to do it because all of us together as cyclists and realizing, you know, where we have fun and where we, you know, where it inspires us, that's how we're going to change this culture so that we don't drive ourselves into extinction. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to see some top-down stuff. I want to see Obama on a bike more. Yeah, and I definitely never have... Um, the mistakes that we've made in the past where bikes aren't treated like uh, parts of transportation. It's, uh, I, this is probably not the easiest place to take on this kind of uh, massive topic. But um, Europe, there's no fighting and begging to have uh, money funneled into public health things because they have public health programs and national health plans, so it's against their best interest to have fat people. Here, it's, it's in the interest of business to have fat people. Yes, right. How do you change that? Well, it's, it, it goes from health systems, transportation systems. It's all of these different systems that have to get together and align themselves and the stars for for bicycles. And I think that I think that we are starting to see it. But uh, I I think we are still still a long way away. And we still need we still need people's help. We need everybody's help. We need people in the middle of the country. We need folks that you guys were in touch with along your ride to stand up and be counted and say, listen, we need, we want the infrastructure developed so that we can have this. You know? so, right. It shouldn't be so hard to be healthy and, um, no, it, and shouldn't. it shouldn't be illegal to have non-profit uh, or, or I don't know. I, I'm, I'm getting all, I don't even know how to oh, yeah, finish there, my sentence. It, when it when it comes to when it comes to politics, I can it's a slippery slope, and I can definitely end up burying myself in a gutter underneath my own words. So, right. like, well, uh, profit-oriented healthcare is a con, uh, oxymoron, and yeah. one hopes that we'll outlive that. But who knows? Can I just give this to Mikey Wally so he can make some? I want sweet you to music? tell me about. You guys are a wombats, bunch of communists. Okay, wombat. <laughs> what about wombats? Uh, Women's Mountain Bike and Tea Society is. Uh, it's a. It was a way to monkey wrench the patriarchal mount, uh, mountain bike world. Just yep. like if you throw tea in there, the guys will run for the exit. How long Except have you been in doing Scotland, this? Twenty-two years. Twenty-two years, and so. But it's it needs help desperately because I'm tired and I'm uh, allergic to planning myself. So the club could really use. <laughs> hey, in the nineties, it was huge. We had 900 members yeah. now we're down to like nine um, <laughs> but there's lots of women's clubs with clever names none are cleverer than wombats though what is what does wombat stand for women's mountain bike ampersand tea society <laughs> the t stands for time let t equal time it's yeah. a simple equation time is better pay than cash i right. believe that time is the ultimate thing to have in excess, and I've made sure to do that in my life. Oh, I agree with you there, 100%. Never bought a car, never supported a car company. Finally, a friend made me get a car, and so they bought it. Um, but they can't make me drive it. So they're, they're everywhere. Attack of the Killer Bats in 3D. Uh, you guys have been doing this for 22 years. Mm-hmm. And if you go to the website, you'll learn all about the history of it. 
uh, I, I have tied the, in. The website uh, is? Wombats.org. Wombats.org. Yeah, and if you're feeling a little uppity, you might just purchase a T-shirt or a cute little badge that says <laughs> Live Long and Perspire. Um, I mean, I definitely have done everything except the decoder ring, and men are welcome. I would never forbid men to be part of Wombats because that would be sexist, and I don't want to be sexist. So, Yeah, and guys love tea, and they, especially in England and Scotland. Instead of stampeding away, they come swarming towards us. Tea? Hot tea? Oh, yum. So anyway, but but the tea is just like it was a little funny thing, you know, like if you take time for tea, then you can't be in a rush and you're not taking things seriously. It's uh, for fun and time and, and it's good for you. Tea is incredible. Tea is very, very deep. Well, on that note, Attack of the Killer Bats, it kind of looks like a movie placard and mm-hmm. you guys are arriving just in time here for the, the Bicycle, Bicycle Film, Film Festival. Festival. So let's... I saw, Georgie, was it you who had the uh, Bicycle Film Festival flyer just a second ago here? Oh, here we go. So we are looking at uh, the 28th and 29th, the Bicycle Film Festival is going to be here in Los Angeles, uh, with events happening the 26th, the 27th, the Joyride Art Show, uh, also going to be on Melrose, 4316 Melrose Avenue. Um, And we have downtown uh, at the Downtown Independent it's at Second and Main Street is where we're going to be showing all of the programs from the Bicycle Film Festival. Um, has anybody seen this yet? <laughs> uh, I've got I've got some nods, some some. Let's see, Joe. What do you think about the the program this year? Um, well, I, I went to uh, to New York uh, because that was um, just before our trip. Yep. And I was there the whole week. I was helping out. Um, and it's brilliant. It's a really good program this year. It has some amazing films. Yeah. The, um, yeah. This year we, we do have a smaller venue than we've had in the no. past. Some, there, I've seen some of the write-ups on these. We've got everything from uh, everything from Where Are You Go, or Ride Across Africa, uh, to yeah. um, I Love My Bicycle, the story mm-hmm. of FBM BMX bikes, which is supposed to be absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, and Anima da Acacio, The Soul of Steel, uh, with a, a portrait of Giovanni Pelazzoli, mm-hmm. also known as the Choke. Yeah. Choke. So uh, definitely some interesting, some interesting films here. And I know that we are down to a, a 220 seat theater. So if you're interested in buying tickets, if you're interested in seeing any of this, I would definitely suggest getting tickets in advance. And I think you can do that at the BicycleFilmFestival.com. Somebody from the from the ride too. Uh, Chris Thorman, he did uh, Empire with uh, Luke Styles in New York, and uh, I guess the the trailer is uh, different than the one that's on the internet or something. So he's he's saying to go to it. It's pretty cool, and uh, that's one of the the writers on the South Route, Chris. Empire from a writer on the South Route, and I don't even see this one on here, but no, Program Six. Yeah, it is Program Six. Program Six. <laughs> so, do you guys have any? Any plans now that you're here in uh, Los Angeles? Open to suggestions. Open to suggestions is what I'm hearing. Okay. Uh, fish tacos. Fish tacos, fish tacos is another thing that I'm hearing. There, there are, there are, we'll definitely get you set in the right direction here. Um, Georgie, how long, how long are you going to be here? Uh, you flying back to Tokyo anytime soon? More three days. Yep. Maybe. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I understand you, you know a friend of ours, a guy named Akira. Akira? Akira? Akira, you know Akira? From Kinfolk? 
Ah, yes. Yeah. I know him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he knew that you were coming into town. He said he's sorry that, that he missed you. So. Yeah, he's really drinking always. <laughs> Very true. Well, it definitely would have gone well with the 42 below. Yes, he, he, you know, when he got here, he had a one beer tolerance. He could only drink one or two beers and then he'd pass out. But uh, now, whoa. I think we sent him back to Tokyo and he can, he drinks like a fish these days. So, yeah. Well, um, he's. Amanda too. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know Amanda Sutton from yeah. March 20? Yep. She, she came last year. Yep. Yeah. yeah, to Tokyo. And I understand uh, Tokyo this year is also going to be hosting the Cycle Messenger World, World Championships. Yeah. And that's She's a staff. Oh, you're a staff. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, so that's – I'm going to be out there for that. So I'm looking forward to seeing you guys and uh, playing around, doing the ride from Kyoto to Tokyo. Yeah, you do? Yeah, yeah. Really? I wait you at Kyoto. <laughs> Okay, we're going to race in Kyoto? Um, yeah, I go to Kyoto and maybe I do the beer bomb championship. Yep. The beer bomb. Beer bomb tra- yeah. championship. Oh, I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you have to explain that, Georgie, because I don't think anyone knows uh, what a beer bomb He organizes it. And yeah. uh, so, so what is the beer bomb championship? Beer bomb championship is right. What? What? <laughs> Okay, okay. Gesture, 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 gesture. Gesture, gesture. <laughs> so, so basically it looks like there's a tube and it. It's, yeah, li- it's literally a, a beer bong, I guess, and a funnel. and uh, So it really is what it sounds like. It's a beer bong race. Yeah. Did you win it last year? Uh, I did. Organized at the Kyoto Roko. Yeah, yeah, but you didn't win? No, he organized it. Yeah. So he yeah. So he wasn't allowed to. You're not allowed to participate if you organize? Uh, I drink too much. <laughs> <laughs> so how's, how's, how's the more beer than, in Japan? More than, more than, how's the beer in Japan? Is it good? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So yes. that's something we're looking forward to with the uh, Messenger World Championships in Kyoto yeah. Loco is the uh, Beer Bong Championship sponsored yeah, by Georgie. To, you have to come. Okay. Yep. <laughs> we'll be, so, Everyone waiting to ask people from America. Yeah, yeah. There, there are going to be a ton of us. So um, This time, CMWC really awesome because government supporting. Are they really? Yeah, really. So you guys are getting a closed course in, in Tokyo, is that right? Yeah, in Tokyo. But little, little Tokyo. In, in little Tokyo? <laughs> Well, that is difficult for me in English. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so sorry. That's, no, you're doing that. It's fantastic. So uh, we're, we're definitely looking forward to it. Thank you guys for, for helping to organize it. That's going to be awesome. So, and for those two weeks, I will be out of town. So you will have another guest host at, at that point. So, all right. Matt. Yeah. How much longer are you in Los Angeles for? Wednesday. I take also off. till Wednesday. Yeah. So do you want to – can you describe for me a little bit how this ride went for you? Was it something that you were I, – I heard different rumors about how this was working. Did you guys get sponsored to do this? Did you guys get yeah. get a stipend? How did this work? Uh, well, it worked a little bit differently for the domestic people as opposed to the international people. Right. And being domestic, I'll speak from that perspective. And right. even that worked a little bit differently person to person, apparently. Yeah. Um, but the, the overall structure was that we were sponsored to do this ride, 42 Below, uh, in conjunction with Javelin and Dagger Knot and the Biking Walking, the Alliance for Biking Walking. They all organized some sort of sponsorship for us. So we all had jerseys. We rode to 
pretty much basically together. We're paid, and then we had per diems for our living expenses, you know. So they took care of everything for us virtually. We just had to supply the bike and the willpower to cross the country. Right. Was that ever difficult? How much rain did you guys see? Uh, oh, well, Southern Route, we didn't see a whole lot of rain. We saw an incredible storm in Atlanta that, uh, you know, flash floods in downtown Atlanta where water was deep as our bottom brackets. Um on some of the roads, that was probably the most rain we saw the entire tour. And then on the southern route, we hit a lot of high desert, arid environments where temperatures were 115, and we were doing between 50 and 80 miles a day. So, and yeah. sometimes hundreds. So it was it was pretty intense. Were, were you? I, I heard mention of a van with the northern route guys. Were you guys supported? Yeah, we on were the fully supported route? the whole yeah. way, which was another blessing. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that diminishes the accomplishment at all. I know that there's a lot of hardcore people that do it totally supported all the way, and they're totally righteous. Um, but for us, we had an incredible gift of having support the whole way. So two support vans supplying us with water at different way stops, um, and then a, you know, a straight truck that carried all of our camping business or our you know, luggage and junk like that. Were you guys required to drink a certain amount of 42 below each day? <laughs> um, not on a daily basis. <laughs> I think we were, and, and I don't know that nobody ever required me to drink a certain amount. And, yeah. and I think <laughs> that that, but I tried. Yeah. I think everybody, everybody put in their best effort to drink as much as possible uh, when it was of, provided. Bunch of campfire challenges. Yeah. There was, yeah, there was a lot of alcohol consumption. So, all it was right. pretty great. You wouldn't think that that was an energy drink, but apparently, <laughs> apparently, uh, it is. One the, yeah, one of the purest, one of the purest forms of dehydrating yourself and then forcing you to rehydrate yourself. All right, yeah. Joe. Yep. Joe, you're you're here as the Paris organizer for the Bicycle Film Festival. Yep. And um, how about how about along the no- northern route? How was the weather? How were the people? Uh, the people were great, and the weather was. It was great as well, actually, because we didn't, we've had maybe one or two hot days the whole trip. Every other day was actually, well, we had a lot, like, few really cold days. Like, uh, like we were wearing, like, winter gear for the first few hours because right. it was freezing cold. And we've had at least three hailstorms. Uh, like, Whoa. that was, the first one was the scariest one because I've never seen anything like that before. And, like, <laughs> It like like hills that, that golf ball size, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was snowing like snow banks. Yeah, it snow was. Banks all of a sudden, it was just like winter, like being in Antarctica or somewhere. It was just crazy. For those that can't hear Mikey Wally, they were in they were in Nebraska. And, yeah, and it, it, he's talking about snow banks, and they're all showing me size, golf ball sized yeah, holes in their much, hands. Yeah. So drifts of yeah. hail, like pretty amazing. So yeah. and we got rescued by a woman who didn't even know that we were there, but that was that was pretty cool. And then our uh, magical van driver Matt came and took us away <laughs> from the from the hill. That was pretty cool. So so were you guys camping a lot of the way, or was uh, it? Yeah, we were both staying in hotels and motels, and but yeah, we camped a lot as well. Like uh, some of the campsites we've been to, they were just like. Um, well, just ground basically. There wasn't anything. Right. Like in, where was it? It's in Nevada, uh, Nebraska as well. The uh, starvation, um, starvation state Nevada. park. <laughs> yeah. Starvation. There was state nothing park. there. Oh, no. Man. Yeah, Utah. Utah. That's it. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. Two juniper trees in a giant reservoir. Yeah. <laughs> what we're hearing about starvation point. So. Yeah. Um, well, that's 
that's awesome. That's very exciting. Yeah. So tell, tell me what you're doing next. Oh yeah. Um uh, well um we decided we love this thing so much that we um we're actually gonna keep going. Yeah. Um but there were originally four of us who decided to do this. I think it's only gonna be two of us now. Uh because we were hoping hoping to get sponsored uh, yeah. by the same people but uh don't think that's gonna happen so we're just gonna keep going uh, like self supported uh, around the world. That's awesome. Um yeah, starting like just heading south and see where we get to. <laughs> Do you you're gonna be around in Los Angeles for a little while? Yeah, at least until Monday, maybe Tuesday and then we're gonna stay in San Francisco for a few days and then come back to LA to to start the ride again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we haven't actually told anyone yet, so we're doing it now. <laughs> yeah. That's that's fantastic. It's a it's yeah. going to be a gorgeous. It's a gorgeous ride riding around the world, I'm sure. So, yeah. like uh, I'm definitely envious of it. <laughs> so yeah. uh well, that do you guys have any any kind of time frame for uh, this? Uh not really. Uh no. Not at all. Yeah. Next year, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, we haven't actually planned anything yet. This is going to be like just get on our bikes and go, basically, and and see where we get to. And when you know when we need to stop, we'll just stop and try to get a job and we we have <laughs> some money to continue. <laughs> we have had some. Yeah. Uh, some I might folks. have to sign on for that too. Yeah. Man. Uh, well, yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> it's just you know it's one of those things that um, I mean. This this trip's been amazing in so many ways, but it's one of those things that you know you're on your bike and if it just it's, it becomes a lifestyle kind of thing, and also it keeps you away from reality for a while. But then, like yesterday when we arrived, I was kind of you know back into the real world, and I was thinking, you know, I I don't really want to go back to yeah. <laughs> to this thing. I just want to keep going. Yeah, don't make me so, go back. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about. Uh, about relationships, the development of interpersonal relationships. Did anybody have anything that really changed themselves happen along the trip? Anything that was extremely personal? Any days where you were (laughs) cursing God or, yeah, let's, let's hear, let's hear what, what happened. Oh God. Uh, no names. Puzzling about it, I just have to say this ride was, is a journey uh, about love. I think that people and bicycles oh, yeah. are about love, and that love takes many forms. And the action of moving, in uh, some ways, for humans, is an act of loving oneself. Because if you're moving, you're doing what you're meant to do as an animal. Where if you're sitting still and playing on a computer, you're doing the opposite of what's good for you. You're um, yes, from the head up, you're actually working. But on the bike, you're do you're moving all your muscles and you're breathing all that real air and seeing real world, not having anything be sim. It's the real deal. And uh, and so I've I've fell in love with 41 other people, and specifically with my group, with the 20 that I was riding with, and um, that's been magic, you know. Was, was there a point, Jackie, where you felt like your body just started working a lot better? <laughs> it's, well, it's sort of on autopilot. I've had uh, about 30 years of lots and lots of riding, and I gave myself uh, every now and then a day off because I'm 54, and I deserve it. <laughs> every so, once in a while. But the bike is uh, part of my body. It's the lower half. And, and so, yeah, I'm sort of on autopilot, and I can go into daydream mode, and, and I I don't want to wake up, actually, too. But I have a wonderful husband to go back to and reality to face. So I don't, I'm don't. i not taking the option that Joe is doing and Caroline, but I'm going to try to figure out if I can put it into words. 
Yeah. So in a book. That's awesome. That's fantastic. What what did uh, what did you do that got you into the mountain bike hall of fame? What started this for you? Start, well, I think, I'm sure wombats, and also being a woman that beat most of the men yeah. in the very beginning of the sport when we were mass start. I yeah. would come in like an hour before the uh, the next woman, and I was riding a much better bike. And um, but mostly, I think it was for dreaming up a whole terrain that was completely undeveloped for women that weren't interested in competing, didn't want to pin a number on, and just wanted to have fun on their bikes and felt themselves excluded. And I thought, like, dude, just drape some fake pearls, sprinkle some cheap perfume, throw in a teapot and a teacup, and they're going to know what to do. So this is – that's with wombats. How long have you been riding mountain bikes? Well, I I rode uh, my road bike on Mount Tam. I didn't have the right kind of bike. In fact, for my first appetite seminar, I just rode a Raleigh Sprite five-speed from San Francisco to Fairfax, saw them all piling bikes on a truck, and went, why are you throwing the bikes in the truck? And it's because they're 50-pound single speeds. Oh, because there's a hill. So I just rode up the hill and met them at the top, and then I did the ride. Then I rode home back to San Francisco um, on this Raleigh girls' Sprite. You don't actually need to have a mountain bike to ride (laughs) off-road. Right. It's uh, you can just look strange on a skinny tire bike, and you get much better at it because you don't have traction automatically. You have to like find traction and earn it. So I love riding uh, my road bike off road. We had some off road sections on this ride. <laughs> yeah. And I I must say I'm in my element. I'm I am in my element when the surface is sketchy, and that's also why I had no trouble with the um, the general organization and stuff because as my husband Charlie reminded me, you're at home when things are chaotic. Yeah. So because uh, I don't take anything for granted. Yeah. I'm, I'm never sure whatever's going to happen because I'm, I'm a little scrambled. <laughs> so it's been kind of neat to just be at home in the shifting sands of the 42 ride. Uh, it, there's definitely a spark in your eye when you talk about it here. And I, like, uh, I feel like the, the whole thing was an adventure that you definitely look at in a very positive light. Oh, totally. It's, it's the, one of the coolest things I've ever done. I've yeah. always wanted to cross the country. Getting to do it in the Obama uh, administration is a bonus. Yeah. You know, I sort of want my old country back. Yeah. I lost faith with Nixon, and I never really gained it back until Clinton. And then, So now we just, like, pray Clinton's that... Clinton's whack. <laughs> we'll just talk about it later. He's a real statesman dude, and his wife wanted health care for everybody, so... But back to Kill Radio and the whole idea of killing corporate radio, which I love because you're across from a clear channel billboard. Yes, indeed. We, you're listening to killradio.org. This is Bike Talk. You can always log on to our podcast and sign up for that. We are at kpfk.org as well. So uh, good old Pacifica Radio. The first citizens band that is correct. in our country. Yeah. So... Uh, we are going to take a quick break here. We're going to go to a song called The Giant Bicycle by Tom Rosenthal. If you have any questions for any of our amazing guests, please give us a call. Our number here is 213-252-0998. We will be back in just a little bit. We will have, we will have Colin Bogart, a local advocate with the Los Angeles County Bicycle Coalition, talking about how you can get involved with doing a local bicycle count. But for right now, Giant Bicycle, Tom Rosenthal. Thanks for listening. dream that I had.
Imagine a bike, a really big bicycle, sort of like a penny farthing, uh, as tall as a house or perhaps like a small tree. And then imagine Richard, uh, Richard and Judy, standing on, on Judy's head. And then on top of Richard's head, Prince Philip stood. And then on top of Prince Philip's head, there's a sort of young giraffe standing. It was about as tall as that. Then imagine a double-decker bus and being on the top deck and going right to the front where... You can only see the road and you can't see what's behind you, you just see the road disappearing in front of you. That's that's the view that I had. So I could see everything really clearly. It was a time when people ruled the streets like like they did, say, 100 years ago. And there, there weren't many cars and the, the street was like the place to be. And I was wobbling from side to side on this bike, sort of like a tightrope walker with really bad balance. Welcome once again. We're back here at Bike Talk. Most everybody is on the way out of here. Let me see if I can grab Jeff. I'm going to try and grab Jeff Miller and see if I can get him to spontaneously off the cuff talk to me a little bit more about the Alliance for Walking and Biking, Biking and Walking, Alliance for Biking and Walking. Um, we are supposed to be getting a call in here from uh, from Colin, so uh, we will keep an ear out for that. But Colin is with the Los Angeles County Bicycle Coalition, and right now they are getting ready to do LA's first real bike count, the first number assigned to the number of cyclists that that actually are here in Los Angeles and we're not just talking about people commuting on the street we're not just talking about uh recreational riders we're also talking about workers uh, like people grocery store errands school school kids so yep the the whole nine uh Jeff Alliance for Biking and Walking do you guys have any real numbers any statistics on what that is like countrywide well, we, we know, yeah, we've got, uh, we got, we got a bunch of disparate sources of data. Um, again, as I mentioned earlier, the Alliance for Biking and Walking, um, publishes the benchmarking report, which is like a hundred plus page document that, that really tries to put it all together. There are, um, there, the, and, and, and unfortunately, the, the source of the data are somewhat, uh, weak in many cases. I mean, you know, like census data, just asks on one specific day, and it just asks specifically about journey to work. It doesn't ask about all other types of transportation, other modes you have taken. So these local efforts to to get a metric, to find out how many people are biking uh, on any given day, and then being able to carry that forward is really an awesome tool. Um, and, and, and is something that's, that's very helpful in other communities, you know, where we've seen, uh, a doubling, a tripling of, of cyclists. Um, basic general stats, according, you know, to, to what sources we do have, you know, bicycling, uh, basically makes up about, uh, 1%. Uh, of trips out there, uh, walking is is closer to twelve percent of trips. Um, you know, combined combined biking and walking is about thirteen percent, and um, you know, and, and and some of this data is important too in like getting some of the funding so we can actually start changing and improving our communities. You know, an example is uh, our our work to advocate for fair share for safety. Most of the mo- you know most of the public uh, highway safety dollars go into you know drunk driving and seatbelt campaigns and those are all good and important, but when we have thirteen percent of uh, the fatalities and traffic crashes uh, involving bicyclists and pedestrians, uh, we think that more than one percent of the funding should be spent. It's interesting that you brought that up. I was reading a National Geographic article from two thousand four, and one of the things that they were talking about was uh, rate of death. Uh, what the percentage is that you're going to die doing a certain activity. And with bicycling, they had it listed as one in something like 
5,000. Then they went to motorcycle, one in 2,000. Then they went to pedestrian. The pedestrian deaths are higher than motorcycle yeah. deaths are, and I don't think that's something that people realize. Pedestrian deaths are, are huge. Yeah, well, I mean, we look at how we've built most of our communities, and I think L.A. is sadly a, uh, a classic example where we have, for the past 50 years, built our entire culture around the automobile at the total disregard uh, of 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 people. And when we think about what our communities are and what transportation is, you know, it, it should be centered around people. Um, and, and so, you know, we've got an entire, entire, uh, you know, universe of, of educated, uh, engineers and so forth that their, their sole purpose has been to move cars faster. And when you move cars faster, you do it at the expense of people. And, and that's not just the people outside the cars walking. That's also the people inside the cars. We have, we have 45,000 people a year that are killed in this country from traffic deaths. Uh, many of those are passengers and drivers in automobiles. And uh, as we hear screeching tires and honking outside, you know, maybe, maybe something worse is happening out there. But the, uh, the, the, you know, the, we, we freak out when a, when, a, when a plane goes down. And essentially we have a plane going down every single day on our roads. People just assume uh, that it's perfectly fine and, and, or, or take on this uh, risk. And one of the things I want to mention, too, is that with bicycling and walking, they're not risk-free. But the health benefits, you know, the, the, the freedom benefits, the quality of life benefits so, so far outweigh um, the, the, the risk. You know, I, we know from statistics, we know from anecdotal evidence that most people are afraid to bike and walk because of perceptions around safety. And, and what unfortunately we're seeing now in this generation of children is parents are so afraid of letting their kids bike and walk that they're, they're they're keeping them inside. They're 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 plugging them into their TVs and computers, and um, and and so we have you know a generation of kids that are getting adult onset diabetes, uh, type two diabetes that used to only happen into very sedentary adults, and now we're seeing kids for the first time in very large numbers developing these chronic diseases. Where are you from, Jeff? Um, I've lived the last 21 years in Maine. I just moved to Washington, D.C. nine months ago to, to open up an office for the Alliance. Yeah. And how long have you been working with the Alliance? So, Well, I was actually at the very first gathering of uh, bicycle advocates at the Thunderhead Ranch in uh, Wyoming, the, right. the Alliance for Biking and Walking. For those who don't know, uh, we, we did used to be known as the Thunderhead Alliance uh, because of that ranch we gathered at. So I've, I've been a bike advocate since, uh, since 19... Uh, well, I'd say since 87 when I first asked for a mountain bike for a, a high school graduation present, um, rode cross country in 1990, and that's where I really saw the light of, you know, how the bicycle really is the answer to all the world's problems that we're facing. Right. And uh, we just need to start changing our culture to do that. And I was, I was also very fortunate to get a, to bike around the world on a Watson Fellowship and, and to study how bicycles are used in every other country, every other culture uh, around the world, and, and how it's, you know, the United States who's so car-centric and unfortunately is also a role model for much of the rest of the world and how they're developing. I, I want to talk a little bit about something that I only know a little bit about. So sure. uh, we'll try and keep this fairly brief. But I know a couple of years ago there were a few pilot cities that were given uh, major grants to yep. improve their bicycling infrastructure, including no Northern California. There was a city outside of San Francisco. Yep. And then I guess the largest one might have been St. Paul. Is that right? Um, uh, let's see. I'm, I'm trying to actually remember the, the, the cities. There are four pilot projects where essentially the federal government gave um, a pretty good chunk of money. So they gave $25 million, uh, to each of these 
uh, four communities. Uh, as you mentioned, one was in California, one is uh, Columbia, uh, Missouri, right? Uh, one in um, actually it's uh, northern Wisconsin, Sheboygan, I believe it is, and I'm totally blanking on the fourth, and I'm very sorry for that. I thought it was um, uh, Minneapolis or um, no? There's uh, I think it was more eastern than that, but in any case, so so there's been a concentrated effort. You know, okay, here's here's 25 million dollars. Let's see in in these you know focus efforts uh, what we can do to actually you know see a significant modal shift so that we're we're seeing an, an, an dramatic increase in biking and walking and and what works and what doesn't work and so um, that money was a bit late in getting flowing so it's it's literally just been about two years and as uh, as we know with getting uh, infrastructure improvements and changes it takes a long time to get these things on the ground um, so they are making uh, progress uh, Columbia Missouri has uh, has been where I've seen some of the best things coming out of um, the Rails to Trails Conservancy has been leading an effort that they call um, uh, the 20 by 10, where essentially they're working uh, with about 40 communities across the country to um, look at, like, what $50 million would do. And they've been advocating for that in the, the larger transportation bill. I'm not certain it's the, the best method because it's essentially, you know, going to be easily pick on as an earmark, if you will. But, um, but we, we, are, we are advocating for a substantial increase in, in funding for biking and walking because we know that when you have the education and the encouragement programs, when you start building it, you know, build, they will come. And, uh, and we're starting to see some real shifts in society where – yeah, you still got the NIMBY action where people say, oh, my God, don't build a bike path in my backyard. Those bicyclists are going to steal the television set and ride right. away yeah, with yeah. it. But um, uh, the, the, the rails to trails <laughs> or, or trails to whales, as we call it affectionately. Um, and and ine- inevitably what always happens is these, these landowners right next door to where the, the trails are built We'll put a fence up because they, you know, they're trying to keep out these, uh, these dangerous cyclists who are going to cause crime. And within a year, a gate goes up. Yeah. In that fence. And they start using the trail. And then they realize that this is something that builds community. This is something that makes a community a safer place to live. This is something that improves their quality of life. It increases their home values. It just it makes community. Well, to to kind of paraphrase where I was going with the the twenty five million dollars. Yep. Part of that was designed to figure out what kind of increase there would be in in cycle. Mm-hmm. ridership yep. in, in these cities. And uh, so a lot of this is going to be used as a tool yep. to figure out how what kind of return we get on our investments. Right. Is, is that correct? Yeah. And so... It's still too early to tell in those those four communities specifically. But we... I mean, what, what we don't need to wait to know uh, because we have so many other models around the world and, and even within the United States. And, and, and it's not just, you know, Portland, Oregon gets picked on a lot. San Francisco has seen some incredible changes. Uh, the Twin Cities of St. Paul, Minneapolis has uh, been remarkable. And... Um, Chicago and New York, uh, as of late. New York, um, Transportation Alternatives, our member organization there, has just been fighting the good fight for a really long time. Now they've actually gone so far that there's several former employees of, of Transportation Alternatives who work now for Mayor Bloomberg in the Department of Transportation, and we're seeing some major, major changes on the ground where I've, they're literally getting a doubling of cycling. I've heard a lot of work has yeah. been going into New York City. That's pretty awesome. It is very awesome. So I'd like to talk to you a little bit more about New York and uh, – the Twin Cities, which you mentioned, because I know there's been some, there have been some advances there. But right now, I've got our own Colin Bogart on the phone here. Okay. Colin, this is Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing fantastic. Good morning. Hi, Jim. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about what you're doing with the LACVC right now and in Glendale and with the bicycle count. 
Uh, well, I'm working. Um, uh, the LACBC is working in a, on a project uh, with a part uh, in partnership with the city of Glendale um, on a project to improve uh, conditions for bicyclists and pedestrians in the city of Glendale. It's part of a grant that we received from the LA County Department of Public Health. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, our, our 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 big push right now is we're getting ready to do the first ever bike and pedestrian count. I think that Glendale's ever done. That's awesome. Um, we're going to be we're going to be doing that. Um, on uh, Wednesday, September 16th, and Saturday, September 19th. Um, and uh, on Wednesday, we're looking to, to uh, count pedestrians and cyclists during uh, the morning commute and after, afternoon commute hours. And then on Saturday the 19th, we're going to be looking to count uh, bicyclists and pedestrians uh, in the morning, like roughly 10 to 12, so, you know, with the idea that we're catching sort of more of the recreational users. Um, and we're basically... Uh, we're in the, I'm in the process anyway of just um, trying to recruit volunteers for that, um, and um, we're also in the process of selecting the locations where we want to do the counts. Um, the idea being that you know, we want to pick these locations carefully uh, because uh, hopefully and ideally we will be repeating these, the count again next year and then um, I, I'm looking to see that the city of Glendale continues to do those counts um, each year going into the future, so you can start to see patterns of usage and increases or decreases in certain places. And are these are these counts going to be at places where you have proposed actions, proposed bicycle or pedestrian actions? You know, it's going to be a combination of locations. Some of the locations are definitely going to be places where we have proposed routes um, and existing routes. Glendale just painted uh, new bike lanes on Glen Oaks, mm-hmm. uh, which is a major street going um, between Glendale and, and uh, Burbank. So we're definitely planning on doing counts there, and we're planning on doing counts uh, um, in places where bike routes are proposed. Um, we're also going to use other other criteria to determine locations, things like, you know, we're going to look at crash data and find out where, if there's locations where we see a larger number of, of crashes involving bicyclists and pedestrians. Uh, so we'll, um, we'll go and, and do counts at those locations. Um, would also can take into consideration land use, things like where there are schools, where there are uh, public facilities like post offices or libraries, um, and also shopping areas as well, and just try to get a, a better sense of, um, you know, who's how many people are walking and biking and where they're doing it, essentially. Um, and then that's for the city of Glendale, and then also the L.A. County Bike Coalition is doing uh, a, a bike count in um, the city of L.A. as well, um, and that's going to be the following week. They're going to be uh, we're going to be doing bike counts um, on Tuesday, September 22nd, Wednesday the 23rd, and Saturday the 26th. And that's going to be a bigger effort. They're looking to do something like 50 locations uh, throughout um, L.A. And uh, they need a lot. They even they need even more. We need even more volunteers for that effort um, as well. Colin, uh, how can we get in touch with you? Well, uh, for the for the city of L.A. bike counts, the the person who's coordinating the volunteers for that is Juliet Marshall, and her email is Juliet J U L I E T at l a dash bike dot o r g. Okay. And then uh, for anyone who's interested in doing the Glendale-specific accounts, they can contact me directly at colin, C-O-L-I-N, 
at labike.org. Um, or if they want to call, um, the uh, my office number is 818-334-9731. Okay. Um, there's one, one more time here. Your office number, 818-934-9731. Or Colin at la-bike.org. And then Juliet is Juliet at la bike dot org, or you can call the uh, bike coalition office downtown at two one three six two nine two one four two. Okay, all right. Um, we've got a little bit of excitement here in the studio. Uh, it appears that somebody just decided to run off with a few bikes from here. So, oh no! Uh, oh yes. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna let you go, and we're gonna try and figure out what's going on here. Okay. All right. We will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot. Okay. See you, Kyle. Bye bye. Well, somebody has liberated the bicycles from outside of the bike talk office. So we're gonna actually end this a little bit early. I did want to talk a little bit with Jeff Miller uh, about New York and about the Twin Cities, but I'm going to go straight into music and then try and go retrieve some bikes. So if you happen to see a bunch of people riding around on bikes that look a little too big for them right near Vermont and Melrose or Vermont and Beverly, go ahead, pull them over, give us a call. Uh, 213-252-0998. That's our number here at Bike Talk. 213-252-0998. You can always subscribe to our podcast, kpfk.org. And you can lit- catch us live every Saturday, killradio.org, from 10 to noon. Right now we're gonna go back to our bike playlist, and we look forward to seeing you next weekend. Till then, keep the rubber side down. <laughs>